I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Championship Roundtable podcast. I'm your host this week, James Vickers. You can reach us on the show on our Twitter page, which is at Championship Pod, and you can reach me on my Twitter page, which is at underscore James Vickers. Hello, I'm Louis Shackshaft, football writer, blogger, and obviously finding myself on the podcast again. Pleased to be here. Hi, I'm Kevin, editor of the Leeds United Mad uh, Twitter handle, Leeds United underscore Mad. Yeah, thanks I mean, for joining us today, guys. Um, We'll throw it over to you first, Louis. I know you wanted to start off touching on Leeds United, obviously. Halfway through the season now, and we've got Kev on to sort of discuss how their season's going. Um, we'll throw it over to you first of all. Obviously, you've got the, the questions prepared and, and sort of go from there. Yeah, obviously, we're into the new year now, and Leeds United find themselves at the top of the table in first position with a, a two-point gap from Norwich and a four-point gap from third-place Sheffield United. So we want to ask you, basically, Kev, what's gone right for Leeds so far this season, 26 games in? It's hard to put um, a finger on it, really, because really, when you look at the team, we haven't been playing... That fantastic over the last few weeks, even though we won seven on the bounce. We weren't really trouncing teams or, you know, uh, making... We didn't look very good in a couple of those games, but we managed to get some decent results. And um, I think Bielsa, obviously, is the, is the main focal point because he's been absolutely amazing since he came into the club. Everybody thought, is it going to be a disaster? Is it going to be great? Um Thankfully, he's been great up to now. Uh, 26 games in and we won 15 of the 26, which is not bad. And uh, like you say, we're going into the new year, um, 20 games to go, and we're in such a really prominent position, a really good position to try and get promoted uh, for the first time in a very long time to the Premier League. And I suppose you've got to say Bielsa is the man who's sort of transformed the club, because if you look at the team, nothing much has really changed from last season. It's more or less the same players. That's in the in starting eleven week in week out. He's just made the players look very very good because obviously his training regimes are sort of um, very hard, very stringent, yeah. and um, they look very good on the ball compared to what they looked like last season. And obviously, play, with others playing it from the back and sort of this um, sort of total football we have at the moment with. with with players fitting into positions they're not used to playing in. It's just a joy to watch most weeks. And even though we have stumbled in the last couple of games, um, I think most Leeds fans are sort they probably won't say it too loudly, but they're probably thinking, you know, this could be the season where it actually happens. Yeah, you've kind of answered my next question there, actually. You mentioned... Um the last few seasons where Leeds United have just missed out on the playoffs. Do you think they can take anything from the last two seasons? And, and you know, has it been like a learning curve to get to this point where they're at now? Uh, 
Yeah, I mean, obviously, this is the best position we've been in, I think, since um, obviously Gary Monk did well to get us to seventh in the season he was here. But we never looked like we were going to get into the player positions that season. So I think most fans were hoping that would be the case, but it never sort of transpired. And then obviously Simon Grayson a few years ago, very similar position then as well. Uh, and we just missed out on the playoffs again. But this is the first time, really, where we're not even looking at the playoffs now. We're sort of looking at automatic. And if you'd have said that at the start of the season, I don't think most Leeds fans would have believed that. Um, so going back to Bielsa again, obviously, I think he could have gone, he could have literally gone to any club in, in the country in the championship. And he probably would have done the same thing, to be fair, because he seems to be a genius at working with um, sort of uh, random players that he's probably never heard of and making them. Uh, perform uh, like a really good team, which is obviously what we've been doing most of the season. Yeah, you obviously mentioned that, Kev, um, Bielsa coming in and working with players, uh, you know, getting the best out of them. One that's really stood out for me this season has been Klitsch in your midfield. Yeah. Um, sort of speaking to my friend who's a Leeds fan, you know, last season wasn't really getting a look in and this no. season come in and look like a, a reborn player. And then sort of to add to that, obviously, you touched on earlier, Bielsa's training regime, you know, quite hard at times. But what's really sort of surprised me with Leeds this season is the impact that some of your younger players have had, uh, you know, when they've been called upon, you know, Jack Harrison and Jack Clark, for example, uh, the Aston Villa game a few weeks ago, Jack Clark was absolutely fantastic. And, you know, it was a player that I'd not really heard of before. So as part of that success been that ability to, you know, bring in younger players and also get the best out of players who weren't necessarily getting a look in last season? I think so, yeah. I mean, Jack Clark is a good example. Yeah, he's, he's, he's only just turned 18, I believe. And the confidence that player has got is absolutely amazing for such a young lad. He sort of comes on and he's just not scared of taking the defence on, uh, making dribbles, going past them, creating chances, and even scoring a couple, a couple of goals recently as well. Uh, the thing with Bielsa is he doesn't seem to be scared of chucking in kids from the under-23s who are having an exceptional season as well. They, they beat Hull last night 3-1 away to go to the top of the league again. Some of the kids in that team could walk into the uh, first 11 because... The thing with the team is both 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 teams, the under-23s and the first 11, are both playing exactly the same style of football. So when they come into the first 11, they know what's expected of them and they just get on with it. And obviously, with them being kids, they're not scared or there's no expectation on them at all. You know, they've got, they've got no baggage. They just enjoy playing football and Bielsa's instilling that into the young players and it, it sort of works on the older players as well. I mean, Phillips is another good example of a player that's been transformed a little bit from last season. He was the sort of uh, one of the boo boys, really, from, from, the, um, the, from the fans, from some of his performances last season. Now he's, he looks like a, a man transformed. He's playing sort of in a, a deep position. Uh, so he's been playing centre-half recently as well. And he, he just seems to be born to do that sort of role. And even some Premier League clubs have been looking at him maybe, you know, maybe as a transfer uh, a target as well. So he, he has, Bielsa has done such a good job with everybody really. And he, like I said before, he's just not scared of chucking kids in when he, when he needs to. 
I've been impressed with uh, Jack Clark actually, as he's as he's made a few appearances uh, for Leeds. I remember watching him as a as a real youngster, and I saw that then that he his hold up play and obviously he's yeah. got abil- ability on the ball. Uh, but I'm going to ask you the dreaded question, and you're probably going to hate before it, uh, Kev. Now, Leeds United, if you include the FA Cup, have lost three games in a row. People talk about, obviously, the wheels coming off at Leeds like they have done in you know recent years. Can you see that happening this year? Is, is this the beginning of that? Or do you think that Leeds have got strength in numbers? Or do you think the Bielsa effect will keep them away from you know falling, lowering the league table? Well, that's the big question now. I think most Leeds fans are getting a bit nervous now, to be honest, because this is the time of year when... The, the wheels tend to fall off and he leads Surge up the table. But um, there just seems something slightly different about this season. Um, uh, I think the confidence from some of the performances this season have made us look a bit different to what we've been last few seasons. So I think there's there's an air of confidence, but I think it's very quiet confidence. Uh, where nobody's sort of shouting from the rooftops just yet. Um, but th- obviously, th- we won't get a better position. Um, we won't be in a better position for a while now to actually do something this season. Yeah. Um, but I think a lot depends now, really, on how we react to those two, de- uh, three defeats um, against Derby on Friday. But if you look, at, if you look back at the whole game, I don't think we we played any different to what we had done when we, when we sort of won seven on the bounce. We just didn't take our chances that day against Hull. And they had a couple of chances and took them. So it, I think it was just one of those days, basically, where Hull just got the better of us. The Forest game, I think 11 versus 11, I think we would have won that game. But when Phillips got sent off, it sort of transformed the game a little bit. But then again, when you look at the second half, first 15, 20 minutes, when we went into a 2-1 lead with 10 men, you couldn't really tell who had the um, who had the ten men. Really, it was you know we were all over them. If we'd have got a third, we probably would have won the game. But yeah, obviously, uh, against the eleven men, it's difficult. But I think it was just one of those games again. Like I said before, if it was eleven v eleven, I think we would have won that game. So I, I, I'm not looking into that too deeply. And obviously, with the QPR game, we we basically played uh, under twenty three team. There was about eight teenagers in the squad. So uh, even though we lost, we did play quite well with all those kids in the team. And I don't think most Leeds fans were too bothered about getting knocked out, to be fair. But like I said before, again, it's how we turn up against Derby on Friday that counts now. And obviously that could be a big result. Yeah, obviously the next game against Derby is a huge game. But if you just put that to one side for a second, what is your expectations for the remainder of the season? Do you re- do you think Leeds can do it? Um, I think we can do it, with, especially with the man in charge at the moment. Um, the only thing that worries me slightly is the amount of injuries that we've had. We've sort of been missing some key players recently, but like I said, he's not too scared of chucking kids in. But how long will that uh, sort of last? We, we need the big players back as soon as possible. I, I know Cooper played for about an hour in the under-23s last night. It seems to come through all right. We've got Bamford to come back as well. And obviously we signed Izzy Brown at the start of the season, but he hasn't kicked a ball in anger for the first team as yet. And he he was brought in really to um, replace Samu Saiz, I think, who who moved um, a, sort of a bit of a surprise when he moved just before Christmas. He's obviously playing with Getafe now in um, in La Liga, and uh, he seems to be staying there for the rest of the season and make, making it a permanent move. So it was a bit of a surprise when he moved. And we need we need a replacement for him 
uh, Izzy Brown's not sort of due back until the middle of February, which is a few weeks away yet. And obviously we need, I think, a new keeper as well because Bailey Peacock Farrell's got no sort of challenge at all at the moment and he's made the odd little error here and there. He's only a kid and I think he'd just need a bit of a push from a, a more seasoned pro. So I think if we if we make the right signings in the next couple of weeks, I think we'll be okay. But uh, like everybody's saying, really, Bielsa hasn't really done too much wrong this season. So I think we're all trusting that he'll make the right decision over the next few weeks. Yeah, obviously you touched on signings there sort of in the coming weeks. But to, to touch on, you know, sort of more immediate matters with Leeds, Friday night you're on the Sky cameras yet again, um, at home to Derby County. How would you see the game going? Obviously, Leeds in first against Derby in sixth. Derby will be looking to, you know, further pull away from Nottingham Forest to cement that place in the playoffs. Do you Are you expecting a tough game and do you expect Leeds to get back to winning waves uh, sort of on Friday night? Um, yeah, I mean, it's going to be a tough game. I mean, we beat them quite comfortably, obviously, at their place earlier in the season. But obviously, that's when Frank Lambert just sort of took the role as, uh, as a manager. So I think he's learned a lot in that. To, uh, space of time. Uh, funny team, Dar, because they've lost some um, some strange games when you think they might win, but then again they beat West Brom four one away. So it, anything could literally happen on Friday, I suppose. Um, but uh, I, I'm expecting a Leeds victory to be fair, because with the crowd behind us and a full strength team again, we will we'll all have you know we'll have our first teamers back in on show again after the cup game. I'm fully expecting us to bounce back from the Forest defeat and the Hull defeat and uh, get a victory on Friday. But it's not going to be an easy game, obviously, because Derby uh, are just on the uh, in the playoff positions as well. So it's going to be a bit difficult, but um, uh, it should be an entertaining game as well. Yeah, and if we were to trouble you for a score prediction as well, how do you see the game going? I look back to Gary Munker maybe a couple of years ago when we lost to Sutton in the Cup and our first game back after the Sutton game was Derby County at home on a Friday night and that was one of our best performances under Gary Monk. Even though it was 1-0, it could have been 2-3-4. We absolutely murdered them on the night. So I'm hoping for us, if we can produce that sort of form again on Friday after a Cup defeat, I think we'll be OK and I'll maybe go for a close game again, maybe 2-1 this time to Leeds. Yeah, well, thanks for joining us today, Kev, and uh, coming on our first sort of week of doing a club-focused chat. Um, be sort of glad to have you on again soon. Um, we'll be back after this short break with coverage from the FA Cup from this past weekend. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome back to the Championship Roundtable. We'll jump into our FA Cup coverage now. 
Alfred, over to Louis. I think you've got the scores in front of you from the championship teams across the weekend, so take it away. Yeah, so firstly, uh, Birmingham lost away to West Ham 2-0. Uh, no surprise there in particular. Uh, two championship teams facing each other. Uh, West Brom got a 1-0 victory over Wigan. Um, Sheffield Wednesday only managed a 0-0 draw at home to Luton, so we'll have to play, obviously, a replay there. Tough fixture for Reading, but they lost 2-0 at Manchester United. Uh, another replay for Stoke, only drawing 1-1 away to Shrewsbury. Uh, no shock again, but Chelsea defeating Nottingham Forest 2-0. Uh, Derby in Southampton, one of the games of the round, but that finished 2 all there. Ipswich, obviously, foot of the championship table, uh, suffering a 1-0 defeat to Accrington Stanley, which sees them out of the competition. Um, after that, you're looking at Brentford, managed a 1-0 victory over Oxford United. Again, another full championship affair, Aston Villa 0, Swansea City 3, may become as quite a surprise. Uh, Bolton, obviously, near the foot of the table in the championship, but a 5-2 victory over Walsall there. Same with Middlesbrough, going 5 also, 5-0 over Peterborough United, sees them through. Uh, Norwich uh, suffered a uh, 1-0 defeat at home to Portsmouth, uh, which probably came as quite a surprise there. Uh, Blackburn managed to go to St. James's Park and get a replay, um, 1-1 in that fixture. Bristol City beat Premier League Huddersfield 1-0. Moving into Sunday's fixtures, obviously tough, tough fixture for Rotherham, first of all, going to Manchester City, uh, suffering a 7-0 defeat. Um, Millwall and Hull facing each other from the Championship. Millwall with a 2-1 victory there. And then another surprise or a shock maybe, Preston suffering a 3-1 home defeat to Doncaster. Uh, Championship affair again, QPR versus Leeds. QPR obviously through to the next round with a 2-1 victory, as we previously discussed when Kev was on the show. Uh, Another shock, Sheffield United losing at home 1-0 to Barnet. And um, that completes the championship uh, teams in the FA Cup round, third round. Yeah, obviously you went through the results there and there were some sort of standout shocks of championship teams going out. Are there any in particular that stood out for you? I know I've got a couple listed down there, but it's obviously if we had the, the same sort of mindset going into it. Yeah, I've got five actually that I've wrote down. Um, firstly, for me, you know, I know a lot of teams play weaker sides in, in, you know, the FA Cup and, you know, you, you get your second string players coming in and, 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 you know, Villa, Villa did that to some extent and, but still losing 3-0 at home to Swansea, like I say, did come as a bit of a surprise. Villa not scoring and Swansea managing to score all three goals and, and through to the next round was, you know, a bit of a shock. Uh, the other one, obviously Norwich sat at, you know, second in the table. Um, I know they suffered, you know, a, a defeat through a 90-minute winner that Portsmouth scored, uh, but that sees them out of the competition. Um, the other two, I know they've, again, played weaker teams, but QPR defeating Leeds United, which we've touched upon. Uh, I didn't expect Sheffield United to lose 1-0 at home to Barnet. Like I say, again, they fielded a weaker side, but it still came as a bit of a, a surprise there. And then the other one... Um, and I hate to say it, James, but your side, Preston, obviously losing 3-1 at home to Doncaster, which is my hometown. Uh, I didn't expect to see that. I thought maybe Doncaster would go there and, and maybe 
get a draw and I know they're doing decent in League One as well at the minute and uh, John Marquis keeps scoring for, for Rovers but yeah I thought that Preston would get a victory in that game so they're the ones what stood out for me as you know big wins to the probably weaker sides and, and surprises the, the bigger sides losing in those fixtures. Yeah, the, the Preston one, I was at the game, you know, we, well, I say rested, we don't have the luxury of resting players at the moment. We had quite a lot of first-teamers missing for injury. Um, four of them were back on the bench, but, you know, nowhere near being able to complete a 90 minutes. So with the strength of team we put out, I've uh, seen a fair bit of Doncaster this season, to be honest. One of my mates supports them. So been to a few games and, you know, they're playing really well at the moment. Marquise, as you mentioned, every time I see him play, he seems to pop up with a goal and he caused our defence no end of trouble. So going into that game, you know, I was hoping for a draw, to be honest, at best, because I thought, you know, it'd be the kind of game where we would get turned over. So wasn't too shocked in the sense that we went out obviously I would have liked to have stayed in the FA Cup a bit longer and potentially got a big side and you know earn a bit of money from that we're one of the teams in the championship who you know don't have fortunes to spend on on players so cut runs are always important for us but you know Doncaster played well completely shut us down and um, you know best of luck to them for the rest of the season the second one that stands out for me obviously you touched upon was the the Barnet win at Sheffield United as soon as I saw it, I thought, you know, Sheffield United must have played a severely weakened team. And, you know, I looked through the likes of their squad and, and see who did play. You know, Clark played and Washington up top. Coots and Freeman in midfield. So it wasn't by any stretch of the imagination, you know, like a, a severely weakened team. Uh, you know, people like Billy Sharp on the bench as well coming on sort of midway through the second half. So massive result for Barnett. Um, you know, been rewarded with a, a trip to Brentford in the next round. So fantastic for them i was watching the draw last night and i think they were one of six teams left that also included arsenal tottenham and united so while they've got a championship team away you know de- or better than a decent draw for them been a non-league side i bet they're a little bit gutted to some extent that they missed out on one of the the really big teams um but you know if, if they play like they did at sheffield united against brentford who are struggling um, at the moment you know i think maybe another upset could be on the cards and then the other one that stood out for me, obviously you touched on it, Louis, was QPR beating Leeds. Obviously Leeds, three games on, without a win now that we touched upon with Kev. And, you know, I think they will get back to winning ways on, on Friday night against Derby. But, you know, I was still surprised to see them sort of struggle and, and go out to QPR. But I think the thing that will benefit Leeds now, obviously, sole focus on the, the league and, you know, would they have wanted an FA Cup run? Probably. But, you know, we talked upon that training regime that Bielsa has. And, you know, his squad is a little lacking at the moment. So I think a cup run could have potentially hindered him. So, you know, in the long run, I think Leeds will probably look back at going out the FA Cup early as, you know, a bit of a blessing in disguise. Um, but obviously, in terms of the FA Cup, a few championship teams did go through. Are there any in particular that you think can go sort of quite far in the competition this year? Obviously, you know, Liverpool and, and, and other big teams have been knocked out. So the, the FA Cup this year, sort of for a long time after round three, seems to be a bit more open. There's quite a lot of decent sides in the championship nowadays. Are there any you think can get to, I'd say, at least the quarterfinals? Well, generally, you look at the sides, obviously, at the top of the championship and already, like we've said, Norwich City and Leeds United have gone out. So in that case, I, you know, you, you look at the next 
round of fixtures in the FA Cup. Obviously, the, the draw took place. And for me, you, you've got to look at, like I say, the stronger sides in the division. Uh, West Brom, um, I believe, can go probably a long way. We always talk about how many goals they, they score in the league. They do take, you know, face a, a, a tough fixture away to Brighton of the Premier League. Um, but as as we said, a, a lot of teams, you know, field weaker sides and anything can happen in the FA Cup. That's what it's all about. You know, they talk about the magic of the FA Cup. So for me, what West Brom is probably one to look out for that could potentially reach the quarterfinals. Um, Middlesbrough, um, I'd say, and, uh, another one. Um, you know, we, we all know how strong they are. They tend to keep clean sheets. They've got a home draw to uh, Newport County in the next round. So you'd thoroughly expect Middlesbrough to, to win their next fixture in the FA Cup and, and go through to the next round also. So I'd, I'd say Middlesbrough is another team to watch out for. Um, and then finally, I'd probably have to go with uh, Swansea City. Obviously, they came down from the Premier League. You know, they've got the experience in cup competitions and doing okay in them. And they've got a home tie to uh, Gillingham. So another team, a bit like Bury, you'd expect to get through to the next round. So if I were to pick three, it would be those three. Swansea, Middlesbrough and West Brom. All, obviously, in the top half of the championship or Swansea thereabouts. So um, they're good enough to get through to the next round. And, and after that, it's it's a bit of a bit of a gamble. But yeah, I can see them going quite far in this competition. Yeah, I completely agree with you. They were the, the three that I would have listed down. I think Middlesbrough, you know, especially. I'd expect them to get through that next tie quite comfortably. And then, as you said, it's, it's down to luck who they draw. But, you know, there's enough teams around them at the moment in the FA Cup, you know, you look at some of the ties and there's plenty of winnable games for them there if they do go through. So I think Middlesbrough for me had been a team that can possibly go, you know, at least to the quarterfinals, I'd say, depending on obviously the sort of the way the draw falls for them. But, you know, as I said earlier, looking down the FA Cup this year, there's a lot of teams in with a shout of winning it obviously Arsenal versus Man United one of the the favorites is going to go out there so that again wide opens the field so I think this year there's a a lot more potential for a championships team to you know get to the quarter semi-finals and it'd be refreshing for the cup as well I think to you know to see a couple of the sort of the lesser fancy teams get there this season so I'll uh, I'll definitely be watching now as a neutral uh, as I normally do because Preston usually is the third or fourth round that we find ourselves out in. And then, you know, the rest of the season, it's it's a nice distraction from the league when, you know, we're, we're struggling as we are this season. Um, but one team that, that is struggling more so than I thought they would at the start of the season is Stoke City. Obviously, Gary Rowett's now been sacked. Um, wanted to get your initial thoughts on this, Louis. Do you think it's the right decision for them to sack Rowett? And should he have been given more time? And who do you think, potentially could come in and, and you know, steady the ship at Stokes. I think with the squad they've got, definitely playoffs has got to be, you know, the minimum they'd be looking at for this season. My initial reaction was obviously that there's no surprise at all that it has been sacked. We have talked about in previous podcasts that, you know, he's been on thin ice. Obviously, you look at where they are in the table, he's sat 14th. Um, the only thing with me, though, like I always say all the time, like a broken record, for me, it's about giving managers time. Now, obviously, Stoke City came down from the Premier League and, and the club, obviously, um, with parachute payments, you know, one of the 
stronger teams on paper in the league that they would want instant success and they should rightly be up there in the top six, six expecting to bounce straight back. Obviously, that's not going to happen. You know, playoffs is probably the only hope that they do have at the minute. And we always talk about clubs panic when it gets to this time of year, you know, December and January. And, you know, if, if you know, things aren't going according to Planet Stoke at the minute, I think that, like I say, it's understandable that he has been sacked. But at the same time, when you look at the bigger picture, he's only been in charge at Stoke, you know, not not for very long. I mean, I know he's had 26 games this season to sort things out. I think where he's obviously gone wrong, and it might be obvious to say, is that Stoke are one of the teams where we talk about draws get you nowhere in this division. And, you know, they've, they've managed to draw 11 games, which is, I think, the third highest in in the division um and you know if you can turn a couple of those draws into wins then they'd they'd be right up there you know almost catching derby and Nottingham forest you know fighting for the sixth playoff spot um so you know on if you're to flip that in you know I've, I've talked about draws there but they've, they've only lost seven games all season also so you know if you take 26 games losing seven that's is is loss record this season isn't that bad in particular it's just obviously that you know they've lost two games in the last three games and I think like I say it was panic stations for the club um and like you talked about there who would I like to see come in I don't know I mean I'm guessing it's going to be somebody like Sam Allardyce a team like Stoke can afford a manager like Allardyce, where others in this division can't, like I've already mentioned, parachute payments and Stoke are a team who should be in, I believe, the the top four in in, in this league based on on the players that they do have. And I, you know, as I mentioned before, I've I've tipped them to go straight back up with with Middlesbrough this season, and, and both teams are letting me down in that regard. Um, but other than Allardyce, who I probably can see his favourite and maybe expect to get the job. It's all going to ride on next season now for me. You know, this season's just going to be a, a case of seeing the season out, you know, try and finish in the top half of this division. And then, like I say, it's it's all it's all on next season as the money dwindles away from the parachute payments, as I keep mentioning. So, um, yeah, it, it didn't come as a shock, as I say, but, I didn't think also that things were that bad at Stoke. I think, you know, I'd have personally probably given him a, another couple of months and, and you know, this this season's kind of dead in the water now anyway. So was there any reason to sack him? I'm not so sure. Um, but, yeah, that's that's my thoughts on, on that scenario. Yeah, I think sort of looking at it, you know, from sort of a neutral point of view, you obviously they're only eight points off the playoffs on one hand you know they're not a million miles away you know as you said wins in this division shoot up the table quite quickly and you know they're not a million miles off especially considering where they were you know a couple of months ago they were just above the relegation zone so in that sense he's turned it around a little bit um but then sort of looking over their recent form you know one win in a calendar month we're recording this on the 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 8th of january and and one win since the 8th of december you know, I can see why they've done it. Um, I don't necessarily agree with it, but, you know, they're, they're obviously feeling they want to get a new manager in, you know, a couple of weeks left of the transfer window and he's got time to buy a couple of new players, you know, while they've still got the, the parachute payments coming in, as you mentioned. Just sort of looking down through the 
sort of the people who've been linked with the job. The one immediately that stands out to me is Nathan Jones, the the Luton manager, odds on favourite, and I think his odds have been tumbling, you know, since the announcement was made. You know, he's doing fantastically well at Luton, one of the teams over the last couple of years that have really sort of surprised me in the lower leagues. They play great football and, you know, have been sort of shooting up the, the table in League Two and now replicating that form in League One. So I think for him, he's got a great chance of being a championship manager, you know, this time next season anyway. So would he want to leave Luton where, you know, everything's going fantastically well at the moment and go to Stoke where, you know, at the moment it seems to be sort of a, a poison chalice? You know, I don't know. Um, but then looking down the the sort of other candidates, you know, you've got Chris Wilder, who I can't see leaving Sheffield United. Mm-hmm. Other than that, you know, as you mentioned, Allardyce, David Moyes, Martin O'Neill's, Carver Hall as well. Um, you know, managers that have had experience in the championship. Just, as we said, sort of with Villa when, when Bruce left, you know, they're, they're really at a crossroads now, Stoke. You know, do they go for that championship experience or do they, you know, go out and get Nathan Jones and, and trust another manager? But, you know, the thing with that is they've got Gary Rowett in, who obviously they've, they've sat now, who was a number of manager who'd done well in the lower leagues and, and even now finds himself out of a job. So I think definitely for Stoke, you know, getting this next appointment right is key, especially considering, as you mentioned, Louis, the parachute payments will start to run out you know, it'll come around sort of fairly quickly. Um, so mm-hmm. in order for them to get back in the premiership, they need to be, you know, seriously rebuilding and, and re-establishing themselves in the division as soon as possible. So I think the next week or so for Stoke is massive. Um, and, you know, if I was to sort of sit on one side of the fence, I think they'll probably go with experience to start with, see how that goes. And then, you know, if that isn't working, maybe then look to a younger manager. But I think, in terms of Nathan Jones, I, I can't see him leaving Luton at the moment just with how well he's doing with them. Uh, you know, obviously, unless they come with a, a massive money offer for him. Um, but sort of to round things off, um, I just want to preview a few games from next week. Obviously, we previewed the Leeds and Derby game earlier on in the episode with Kev. So we'll turn to the Saturday games. First one I got wrote down here, Birmingham against uh, Middlesbrough, Saturday at three o'clock. How do you see the game going? Obviously, Middlesbrough starting to to find their feet again. You know, after a sort of a tricky patch, do you expect them to go to Birmingham and get a result, or do you expect Birmingham to keep up the the decent home form that they've had in in recent weeks? Well, myself and Jake previewed these games on the last podcast, actually, and at the time there was obviously a, a twelve day gap. Um, and my, you know, my opinions haven't changed. Uh, I think Jake said that he thought this game would be nil nil, uh, and I said that it won't be far wrong. And I predicted a one one. As as we know, Borough don't concede too many goals. Um, Birmingham, yeah. you know, the the uh, it's it's a. It's essentially a six-pointer for Birmingham, actually. If they manage to win this game, they're really in touching distance of, of a playoff spot. Uh, but, like I said, with, with Middlesbrough's defensive record, I, I can't see anything other than a, a 1-1 in this fixture. Yeah, I'd, I'd say the same. I think, you know, Birmingham, we touched on a few weeks ago, Evans and Nukovic, and you know, banging the goals in for them. And I said, if they can keep hold of them, they might be a potential dark horse for the playoffs. So, I think it'll be a close game if I was to sit on the fence. Yeah, probably a draw, the same as you said. So that'd be my sort of prediction for that. 
Um, the next one I've got wrote down, and obviously you've been a Sheffield Wednesday fan was one I wanted to get your opinion on. Um, Sheffield Wednesday travelling to Hull on Saturday. Sheffield Wednesday, similar to Preston, just above the relegation zone by about sort of what, your uh, 10 points clear at the moment. But, you know, the, the teams sort of behind us are, are starting to to pick up points. Hull only a couple of places above you. Do you expect to go there and, and get a result? Um, or do you think it'll be a, a tricky place to go to come Saturday? Yeah, it will be tricky because you've only got to look at Hull City's form now. I think it's seven games unbeaten. Um, and obviously they've won... F- well, five out of the last five games and, and they've, they've really jumped up the table. But having said that, we're unbeaten in four league games as well, um, having played a, a couple of decent teams that have that are currently in the playoff spots in, in you know, in in terms of West Brom and, and, and Middlesbrough. Um, so I'd obviously love Wednesday to continue that unbeaten run and it will be a difficult game. I, I've, I keep mentioning on this podcast, I'm, I'm a big fan of Camille Grosicki. I think he offers something different for Hull. And, you know, he's managed to grab quite a few goals of, as of late. Uh, but if we could keep him at bay, um, and one thing we've been doing right of, of late is, is keeping a couple of clean sheets as well. So if we can go away from home, I'd, I'm, I'd, I'd be happy with a point in this fixture, if I'm honest. Um and yeah, to be honest, for that reason, I'm going to predict one-one in this as well. If I'm honest, I'd I'd be happy with a point, and I can see both teams scoring and keeping an unbeaten run for both sides. So yeah, I'll go with that. Yeah, I think looking at it, you know, obviously Hull doing fantastically well at the moment. They've really sort of turned it around in in recent weeks, and I think if the game was at at your place, I think I'd maybe edge towards you. And um, obviously, you beat us a few weeks ago and you know you seem to be sort of turning a corner a little bit sort of from an outside looking in so I think yeah I'm going to sit on the fence again with this one and and go for a a draw I think as Mm -hmm. you mentioned uh, there'll be goals in it for either side Um, and you know fingers crossed from a pressing point of view if you both drop points it gives us a chance to to catch the teams above us up because there's a little bit of I think a four point gap opening up now Um, so obviously we want to not get caught adrift in that that pack just above the relegation zone. We want to try and get back to about mid-table. So, yeah, I'll go for a draw in that one. Um, the last game that I wanted to touch on, um, one that may not stand out for sort of neutrals looking down the fixture list, but for me, just for how well the away side have done in recent weeks, that's Sheffield United against QPR. Obviously, Sheffield United third in the league at the moment, within touching distance, you know, of the top two. QPR for me, I said on the first show of the season when Preston beat them in, in the opening game, you know, I thought they'd really struggle this year, but I don't know what's changed for them in recent weeks. Now find themselves ninth, I think four uh, points off the, the playoff places. So doing fantastically well and looking down, you know, sort of their form in recent weeks, some of the teams that they've managed to, you know, get draws or, or victories against, obviously they beat Leeds in the FA Cup, but before that, getting draws away at Aston Villa, you know, going to Nottingham Forest and winning, beating Middlesbrough at home just before Christmas as well. And I think Leeds were actually the last team to beat them, which was only by two goals to one. So, you know, doing fantastically well in recent weeks. And if they can keep up this momentum, you know, they could be another potential dark horse for the playoffs. How do you see the game going and, and what would be a prediction from you in this one? This one's a real tough one to call, I think, because both sides are unbeaten in quite a few games. Sheffield United have won the last three. 
Um, QPR, I believe, are now unbeaten in five as well, winning three of those. And they've another team like Hull that have shot even further up the table. And McLaren's doing a fantastic job since his, his dismal start, really. Um, but having said that, I believe that Sheffield United have always give you know good run for the money when they do play at Bramall Lane and they've obviously just got Gary Medine in which is an interesting topic of discussion obviously in, in being an, an ex-Wednesday player uh, but having said that I think he's the type of player that they possibly needed you know it it, it, it may seem silly to say but is it was is a bit of a risk taking him along but if you could put his personal you know, issues to one side, although they've, they've not been some for, for quite a while now, is in, in football in terms, if if he if he scores goals, then all will be forgotten. And, you know, I would I would expect Sheffield United to score a couple of goals in, in this game, having, having, you know, saying that they're at home and, and at Bramall Lane. So I'm going to predict a 2-1 victory for Sheffield United to end QPR's decent run of form. And I'm going to I'm going to actually put Medine as one of the goal scorers uh, to possibly even get the winner in that game. Yeah, I agree with you again, um, sort of almost entirely. I think Sheffield United at Bramall Lane in the league this season, you know, turned into a real fortress. And while QPR have done well in recent weeks, I think, you know, this will be the game where that unbeaten run does come to an end. Uh, You know, the likes of of Billy Sharp seem revitalised in recent weeks. And I think, you chose Medina as the the person to get on the score sheet. I think I'm going to play it safe and and go Billy Sharp. He, he just seems to be phenomenal at home for Sheffield United, especially mm-hmm. sort of in recent weeks. So I think it will be a close game. I don't think by any means Sheffield United will walk the game. Um, maybe you know scrape a two nil or something like that. But I do think Sheffield United will have a little bit too much for QPR, and I think. Out of all the teams in the chasing pack at the moment uh, of the top two, with the exception of maybe West Brom, I think Sheffield United are going to be the ones that that do run the top two closest. Um, so for that, you know, I'll I'll say Sheffield United will pick up the victory in this game. Um, but with that, we're out of time. If you want to let everyone know where they can follow you and any projects you're involved in, Louis, now would be a good time. Yeah, so you can find me at Louis Shackshaft on Twitter. Um, I do a lot of football writing, blogging, and obviously being a Sheffield Wednesday fan, I do uh, plenty of statistics on that club. Um, I'm currently doing a uh, fans panel for the Yorkshire Post based on uh, the season so far, basically, at Sheffield Wednesday, you know, the the last 26 games and looking into the future uh, under Steve Bruce. So you can look out for that, like I say, in the Yorkshire Post um, is where you can find it. Yeah, and as I said at the start, you can reach me on my Twitter, which is at underscore James Vickers, where I tweet mainly about Preston North End. And more importantly, you can follow us on the show, which is at Championship Pod, where each episode will be pinned as our pinned tweet. So definitely check that out. Give us a follow and you won't miss an episode. And there's plenty of stuff to get involved in on there as well with weekly polls and, and you know, sort of similar things like that um, across the weekend. So, yeah, definitely give us a follow and, and check that out. But yeah, cheers for joining me today, Louie. Uh, it's been a pleasure as always, and we'll see you next time. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. 
Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com.